A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan. Thank you for listening to another episode. Today's episode is brought to you by the MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studio. Please visit the-mpl.com to learn more. It's also brought to you by The DNA Project, your entertainment agency. Please visit thednaproject.ca to find out more. Our guest today is Karen Burke. Karen is the co-founder and artistic director of the Juno Award-winning Toronto Mass Choir, a gospel choir that has been touring and recording since 1988. Karen has written and arranged many of the songs on their 10 albums and has led the choir on tours in several different countries, including Poland, Romania, Italy, and most recently, the Dominican Republic. In addition to her work with the Toronto Mass Choir, Karen is also a professor in the music department at York University and has developed the first post-secondary gospel music curriculum in Canada. We had a great time speaking with her today, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it too. This is the DNA Airwaves. Thank you so much for coming in. We really, really appreciate sure. it. Yeah. And I'm excited to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Anthony, Matt, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Happy to Great. have you here with us, Karen. Good to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to talk today. Um, I've known you for a little while, I think, through different... I don't know where I met you at first, actually, but it was most likely through your daughter, Jenna. Yeah. Um, and you've been around. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've known you before I... before I knew you before I met you kind okay. of thing, okay. just through a lot of the work that you've done around the city. So okay. super excited to talk about some of those things and share some of those things with people, find out what you've been up to and mm-hmm. future plans and go from there. Mm-hmm. I guess... Before we start, why don't you, in your own words, tell the people who Karen Burke is? Well, I am a Christ follower, a a mother and a grandmother, a professor of music, a songwriter, and a choral conductor, I guess that would sum it up. I know you from the Toronto Mass Choir, I'm sure, Anthony. I don't know where Anthony actually specifically like was introduced to you was it through the the mass choir uh no the actual introduction would have been through her daughter jenna who is also a singer musician um so i did some work with jenna and i think that's probably how i met you first probably yeah maybe yeah. a KRT and you're playing oh, bass and also we yeah we right? had some similar church yes uh, so okay somewhere along the lines i was yeah. lucky enough to meet Miss <laughs> karen <laughs> So I, I guess off off the bat, what inspired you to start the Toronto Mass Choir? It was actually uh, not just my vision. So we, my husband and I were approached by uh, Courtney Williams and Lisa Brown. And uh, sorry, who's that for the audience? So Courtney Williams is 
I guess he's, he's, you know, like he and my husband are very long-term gospel icons, I will call them, in Toronto. They were, for example, responsible for ensuring that there was a gospel category at the Juno Awards. Oh, wow. wow. So, um, and Courtney, you know, he's a good friend. And uh, Lisa, at the time, a very young girl, probably only 18 or 19 at the time, but the Association of Gospel Music Ministries was a thing. It was an organization that around about 30 years ago, and it was it hasn't been replicated. It was it was a time when we, as groups, used, came together and we were doing things. We were meeting, we were having... Uh, award ceremonies and 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 gatherings and workshops and out of that one workshop that one year they decided they wanted to have a live recording uh choir recording and so they came to me and my husband my husband is a, a producer and uh and i was directing choir so it was a good fit so the four of us put that together that was that summer of 88 and there was a hundred and some odd people in that choir. Wow! The first, and wow. we recorded the first time, and and then I was like, okay, great, let's rats a rap. <laughs> and they were like, can we sing once a month? Yeah. So that's how it started. And then after a couple of years, we realized we can't be just ad hoc. Right, you know, right. we're not. I'm not about wasting my time with ad hoc and mediocrity. So we, so then we broke it down and we decided to create something that people could come to, as opposed to just like be in because they wanted to hang. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and so, um, so in order to produce something of quality and something that would last, we we sort of broke it down again. We became a charitable organization, not for profit. And we have a you know constitution, board of directors, all that stuff, charitable status, and all. And uh, and then we were able to grow and. And so it started, started, started there. Not without some bumps, but uh, we believe that God was in the center of it. Because honestly, I would never have thought we would still be doing this 32 years later. Yeah, that's not in a million years. It's very impressive. <laughs> wow, it's a wonderful run. Yeah, it's very interesting too that you didn't even really intend for it to be probably even close to what it became. No. It was kind of just a one-off that. Never ended early, right? That's about right. Yes, and pretty much you could say anybody who say over 40 in Toronto that's involved in gossip music, yeah. they were they were in the choir at one time. That's yeah. definitely true and something that I have noticed. Um, so that first time out you had 100 people, is that a number that you maintained? Like, did you continue with the same people for a yeah. while? I know there's been a lot of yeah, changes. Yeah, no, we, we, we had 110 and we stayed 110 for maybe a couple of years until we realized a little pattern. Okay. That would be like when Take Six was in town, there'd be 75, 80 students. And when we had to go to the old uh, folks' home, there'd be 16. Uh, so we decided, you know what? Commitment. No, that's not going to work. Pick and choose their gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I remember too, Mama, I Want to Sing came into town. It was one of the mm. first like theatrical black, Productions. Deborah Cox was the star of right. it, you know, and uh, and a whole bunch of people left to go find fame and glory. So then it got down to about sixty-five, okay. and and then it stayed at sixty-five for yeah, I'd say maybe another five years or so. Okay. And then we just then we just really decided if we were going to travel because you can't just stay in one place. You got to if you're going to record, you have to be able to tour. Mm -hmm. True. And so we decided we're going to maintain a busload, basically 40, 55 people. 50 people okay. plus your band, right? Okay. And so that's been, that was put right into our constitution and, and that's kind of where we've tried to maintain. Although now we do have 55 singers, so, but that's just because people don't, aren't leaving. I've had, I've had people in the choir for the entire 32 years. Really? Yes. Wow. And several that have been there for longer than 20 years. 
Wow. So it's great. We have a great, great core of people and then always new people coming in too. So that's a good thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, incredible. Is there an audition process for... Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, you betcha. Because we're going to have to, we have to live with you, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yes, it's very stringent it's, and uh, it's quite complex. There's lots of uh, digging. Um, musically, we can figure out, you know, in, in like 10 minutes. But the rest of it is, you know, your sure. your aptitude, your 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 um, your walk, your Christian walk, your your ability to understand what we do, and that means that you have to travel with us a little bit and get get it from the inside out, not just what you see from the outside, but do you understand what we actually do, right? right. And so that that just takes a little bit of time. So there's a probation period and all that. But the great thing is, is that once people do take it seriously and come in that way, they tend to stay for a while. So we're, we love <coughs> we love our crew. They're really, really fine people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have to fire anybody? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much these days, though, because I think we're much clearer about who we are and people have a much clearer picture of who we are when they come in because of the things we've developed and the length of time we've been around. So we don't make too many mis- missteps these days. But back in the day... You wouldn't fire people. You just convince them it's their time to move on. Ah, I see. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> High standards. Well, you have to. This is God's works, not mine. So you know, nobody wants to mess around. You know. Yeah. We want to do the, do it right. Do and it right. I mean, you've put out great quality music, and I, I think we'll talk about some of that throughout. But you've also worked with just a ton of amazing talent, musicians, oh, yes. vocalists. Yeah. All of that. So I'd have to assume, given kind of the people that you've been able to mentor, coach, direct, that you also have a pretty significant music background. Is that fair to assume? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that as yeah. well? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I don't know extensive, but I mean, I, I did. <laughs> I, I, you know, I always always involved in in music all my life. Uh, cl- classically trained since I was about four. Okay. I was a piano major at university and. Okay. My my parents and my sister and I we used to travel as a gospel group, you know, when oh, we were wow. coming up. So we have all of that. My you know my parents were singers, my grandparents were singers. So we have all that going on, and then yeah, and then of course started teaching music in school, and then in high school, teaching music. Found out that when I introduced gospel music, the kids went bananas, loved wow. it. Loved like it. In, and so school, that was kind right? of like the light bulb went on. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching and formalizing my pedagogy and uh, then started being asked to come everywhere to teach it and then ended up teaching at York. Wow. So it, it was a very, it was weird. Uh, I, some of my students will say, oh, how did you become a professor? How are you doing? I said, you don't want to follow my story. My story <laughs> is very securitous. I said, it's not, you know, there was nothing to, to you know, there's no line to follow that. That's That's a whole story but but i'm i'm glad that uh you know the, the opportunity came along at the time in my life when i was ready and uh and i and i love my job i love my job yeah amazing and you mm-hmm. say not extensive though that's uh... well i don't know I, I don't know what people consider extensive but i i mean i have a degree in music i i play i sing i write so i guess you know everybody who loves what they do Mm-hmm. And this is what I tell my students, you know, and they're all worried about, well, I get a job. I said, listen, you're a musician, right? Follow your passion and then the money will follow you. But just don't, don't, don't deny who you are. Be who you are, right? So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Growing up, who inspired you? First, my grandmother. She was my 
my closest musical ally coming up. And oh. she's the person who, when I decided I wanted to quit taking piano lessons around grade 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 eight, like most students do, yeah. she's the one who said, well, I don't know if I would do that if I were you. <laughs> and then I just stuck with it. I just made a decision that if I was going to stick with it, I was going to be the best. And I made a very conscious decision to just go for it. Wait, and what age did you remember? I was about up? 13, okay. 12, 13. And um, yeah, I dived in, started comp- competing and just, you know, and I doing very well in my piano exams and all of that. Just wanted to, you know, just be the best. And that was good because then finally I got into university and, and all of that. So my grandmother was a big, a huge influence right away. Of course, my parents and that whole cocoon of music that they brought us up in. And then I had some great teachers. I was just talking to somebody else, you know, talking about representation matters. I hadn't even really thought about it in my own story because when I started uh, taking university, you know, going to university, Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a piano teacher. Mm. That's what I, I was just going in to get be a piano teacher. My parents were teachers. My mom was the first black elementary school teacher in Brantford. My father was the first black high school teacher in Brantford. (laughs) And I said, I am not going to be a teacher. Too much work. (laughs) So I decided I'm going to, I went into the history and composition side of it. And uh, and then I, I decided that third, I think third year, I took a vocal methods course. And it's interesting because I'm teaching the same course at York now. But this was at McMaster. And uh, I had a black woman choral conductor, mm. amazing woman. She was tall, like everything I wanted to be, tall. <laughs> she was six foot like one, and she, 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 she was elegant speaking, and she, had, she was such a vibrant presence. You know those people walk in a room and they just take it over? Yeah, yeah. That was Denise Narcisse-Samir. Now, unfortunately, she's passed away, but mm. I realized later on that while she was, well, so let's say I was in this class, Choral conducting. I had never thought about choral conducting, although I'd sung in choirs a little bit. Okay. She said to me, "You know what? You're very good at this thing. You know, you should think about doing choral music, like being a conductor." And I was like, "Really?" So I just decided, "Okay, well, she's there. She must know her stuff." And she started to mentor me, and I just came in love with it. And she got me my first job as a choral conductor. And little did I know, she was mentoring Brainerd. Blyden Taylor, who directs the Nathaniel Deck Chorale. Wow. He was, she was mentoring him at the exact same Super time, but in wow. Toronto. And so we had this wonderful teacher who really, if I think if I hadn't seen her and saw what was possible uh, as a black woman to a black woman, I don't think I would have done this. Hmm. I wow. don't think I would have followed that path, you know? So she was really, my, I think, my biggest mentor, at least on the choral conducting side. Did and you then, have you know, a different idea of what was possible before meeting her? Listen, choirs, the way the choir is done in, in North America, it's not the purview of black people. If you think about classical choirs, you could go to any classical choir concert in this city, mm-hmm. find you a black person, just mm-hmm. try. So it's not meant for us. And so I, I never saw it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. I loved choir music, but really only when I started university. The only choirs I were in before that was my little Sunday school choir at church. But I'd heard it. Yeah, I'd heard it, and I hadn't. But I didn't. I never thought of myself as being a producer of it or a choral conductor. That wasn't in part of my mind. So I had to see it, and and this is why I talk to my colleagues. You know, those of those people who are black academics and are teaching. You know, where you are, it's so important to mentor and to just be. You know, fully 
who you are and mm-hmm. because yeah. people are watching and you may make a difference to somebody and certainly did in my life for sure wow mm-hmm. what what do you love the most about conducting i love the the, the, the community mm-hmm. aspect of it okay you know i've never been a person who enjoys solo performance i mean i can do it if i need to but it's not my that's not my wheelhouse i love the community atmosphere Mm-hmm. Um, and I love as a choral conductor, I can go into any room with anybody, any group of people, yeah. and I can create a choir out of them in half an hour. Half. What about us three? Well, sure. Because oh, <laughs> she will do it. Forty minutes for us. <laughs> <laughs> and they and to see their faces engage and their, it's just that's a high. Yeah. To, to see people like, oh, we did that, you know, and it changes lives. I really believe that that kind of musical experience transforms lives and so I'm very pleased and happy to be able to give that experience to people um, and then yeah just I love writing for choirs and uh, and I do love the performance aspect of it I mean that's that's like the biggest high it's yeah. just wow when you hit that sweet spot and everybody is like together well you know most musicians we understand that right yeah. but I think there's something about that um, like we're not using any any sheet music. We're not. We're, it's very very organic. What's happening up there, mm-hmm. and and it's a really. Uh, it's it, unless you're inside of it, it's really hard to explain. But I, I'm sure you guys get a sense of it. No, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that you can turn any group into a choir in thirty minutes, and I was fortunate that I I did a, a show, not a show. It was a, I think it was one of your seminars. That we did in St. Catharines or Niagara, somewhere out there. Oh, anyway, at a school. Yeah. And we had the whole auditorium full of, I guess, music students at that school. Probably three hundred, I would imagine. Yeah. And she was able to. You were able to turn them into a choir. There you really? go. Them singing three-part harmony. And yeah, man. You turn <laughs> row, row, row your boat into a gospel <laughs> that's song. Right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, we did. We pretty did. incredible the power yeah. Yeah. of choir mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. and. A conductor like yourself mm-hmm. who's able to kind of control and find, I don't know, find a place for people's voices? Is that kind of yeah. how you'd see it? Yeah, because I think what so often happens in choirs, uh, traditional choirs, you know, they're so relegated. I'm a soprano, I'm a bass, I'm a tenor, you know, yeah. and they have the music and it's all very, you know, <clears throat> regimented. Yeah. Um, and what I love about, I mean, I love conducting all kinds of choirs, but with gospel choirs, there's that extra piece where there's a trust that's built up and has to be built up right away between the conductor and the singers. Mm -hmm, And they have to be able to go with you. You give them their cues. And they, once you, they figure out the nomenclature of that, then you can just take them different places. You know, right. it's not like, okay, watch bar 64. There's a <laughs> rest there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, let's make music together. And I think that that's, that, uh, process is very um it's very engaging and it's very addictive i find that students like when i when i was teaching high school for example you know i was doing a whole music program there of course and all they wanted to do was sing gospel music and i said guys you know there are (laughs) other other things to do let's (laughs) which was very strange because that school you know wasn't there was not uh any students of color there so so for for me to see them engage that way was a big light bulb. And then even them get into it, you know, lift their hands and, you know, move and everything. I was like, oh, boy, you guys are, you're really into it. Okay, let's well, There's go. a reason why Ray Charles and people like that 
used uh, use gospel music in in their contemporary uh, versions because it's addictive, like you said. Yes, it's really fun. Yeah, and the thing is that people like that, you know, they come from those traditions, so it's like it's inside of them. It's not like it's they bring it from out and put it here. It's already in there, and so you just see it. And also, too, when I work, go to schools, very often uh, I will, for example, one of the things I do is, or maybe I did it that day, too, where I invite students to come up and solo. And yeah. in a regular setting, most kids will sit there. They won't come and do anything. And that's what I thought the first time I tried started doing this. But no, no, once you get into this atmosphere, and I'd be saying, okay, so somebody would like to come up and solo. And I'd start with four people on this side. I'd turn over, there'd be 25 people lined up waiting to come up. Wow. And I'm like, are you, so we would just do it one at a time, come up, come up. We'd be doing it for like 30 minutes, wow. <laughs> 45 minutes, they're still coming. But, and so teachers would say to me, I've never seen Johnny sing like that before. <laughs> and I said, that because that's the first time Johnny's hearing something that he likes right. or that he can sing or that he recognizes. Because we yeah. all know that gospel music, the progressions of it, the type of music, the, the traditions, they are form the basis of all of the music that we're hearing. Right. Maybe outside of classical music, everything else. So once you get into them hearing those progressions and those harmonies, it's easy for them to go with it. And then no one's telling them, you have to sing it like this. Johnny could sing it the way Johnny wants to, and he's not going to be slapped on the hand right. for mm -hmm. moving you know, yeah, for singing yeah. too loudly. But do you, do you ever have to be like, okay, Johnny, calm down? No, never. Are you kidding <laughs> you just, me? Anybody can do whatever they anybody want. Anybody can. And that's the best thing because they're all singing exactly the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to get 50 different interpretations of it. And that's exciting. And see the kids. Kids go nuts to see their friends up there and they'll do something. Everybody's, yeah, you know. <laughs> so you get all of that feel good coming back at yeah. you. Man, these kids, they just lap it up. And lap it up. Wow. Yeah. So it's always, always fun. I almost get weepy thinking about it because I haven't done it for a while now because of this dumb thing happening. Oh, my God. But I, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It'll be back soon. Yes. And speaking of that, dumb this thing. dumb thing, <laughs> <laughs> we're also grateful that you somehow, I don't know how, maybe you can tell us how you orchestrated this, the uh, virtual choir that you put together. It was amazing. Oh, I wish I could take a, all the credit for it. The only credit that I'll take for is that I told my team, we have to do this at least once. Mm. Um, I said, you know, it, it, for us to, because we're a recording choir, a touring choir, I wasn't about doing it poorly. Right, true. We, it had to be good quality. Mm -hmm. So for us, that meant that each person had to, not, had to record twice. So they had to record just the video and just okay. the audio. Right. And then we sent the video and the audio to our engineer, who, uh, Daryl Kingdon, is a genius. He has all the equipment to do video editing plus mixing. Mm. So he, he took all of those 50, you know, and he put them all together and mixed them. So he's done all of our records, most of our records. And, uh, and then we had a team of people. Corey Butler worked with the musicians to make sure that they all got their stuff in. Um, and my, my assistant, Christoph, he worked at getting all the vocals, you know, coordinated it all. So really, I, I didn't have to do too much. Once I had the idea, I just, we just said, okay, you do this and you do this and you do this. Yeah. And, um, and my husband, of course, uh, he's, he's a genius at, you know, getting stuff together technically as well. So, um, it, it was a long, it took a long time. It was a big investment for us because, as you would know, our, all our income has stopped. Right. Yeah, so we had to course. kind of dig into whatever savings we had and go, okay, we're going to use it 
for this. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a good thing. We've got a lot of great feedback and people far afield, other countries have seen it and things. So it's been a good thing, especially since we're not able to tour, to be able to have at least one something out there. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it's going to be one and done because we don't have no more money. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, let's hope that we're back to uh, performing real soon. Very soon. Yes, yes, yes. That would be nice. Is there Mm -hmm. anything in the pipeline as far as like outdoor shows before the... You see, it it would seem that that would be something to do. Yeah. But we're not really able to even have in-person rehearsals. Uh. Ah. We just, we, one of the things we are working on right now is... uh, and actually, when COVID hit, we were just about to step into the studio to start recording rhythm tracks for our next album. Right. Mm-hmm. We're working on a hymns recording. Okay. And um, so we had to start. Sorry, what kind of that. rhythm tracks? You have drums as well? We or have a, a full band. Oh, okay. A full band. So it's a five piece band with keys, organ, bass, drums, and guitar. And so um, we had to stop all of that. And so actually, about a month ago, we did get in, we t- took them in, and we recorded four. Uh, songs, the rhythm track of four songs. Mm. And then just this past, I'd say two weeks ago, we set, it was a very complicated setup, which I won't go into right now, but I was able to have the choir start to learn the vocals for the song through Zoom. And it was, I had my two daughters with me so the choir could hear the parts together. And we were able to get those three vocals plus the track and or piano through Daniel into mm-hmm. Zoom so that Sounds they could like he- actually hear themselves yeah. and watch me. For and those at home them. that aren't sure why that's uh, a feat, <laughs> uh, because even at the speed of light, the the signal from your webcam, if you're on Zoom, by yeah. the time it reaches somebody else and then back, there's absolutely, and then the person who listens to you wants to sing along with you, mm-hmm. so they delay themselves and then that in turn goes and gets delayed uh, back internet. at the yeah, so it's so th- that's brilliant to have your daughters doing the singing with you because it's the only way to keep it in time so that's that everybody right. else can actually hear what they're doing. That's wow. right. That's yeah. awesome. That's right. So I, I, I could have cried when it worked. I had my <laughs> iPad up and doing chat. We kept checking. Can you hear? And everybody's like, yes, we can hear perfectly. The balance was right. And I have to tell yes. you, Daniel, genius, yeah. my son-in-law. He yes. YouTubed it to see how to get the thing to work yeah. through. And we spent the night before about three, four hours, him and myself and my husband, setting it all up in the basement wow. so that we could actually make this rehearsal work. So what that means for us as a choir is that as we're learning these pieces, it'll take several months to learn it because everything is slower over Zoom. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. But I can, I can actually teach them. I can actually do a rehearsal. And so for us, that's like gold, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like a huge accomplishment. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thankful I have two daughters that can <laughs> help you do, out do that. Yes. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> do all the choir members have some equipment to record themselves or if it's no. just through the laptop? No, it's just, a, yeah, cool. just through whatever they have, right? But I think having them just do the recording audio by itself without worrying what you look like also gives you an opportunity to focus. Mm. And then they could do the video and be all that, right? right? And so the two things together, that was genius too. That was Daryl that came up with that. Um, It gives us a cleaner uh, quality and more importantly, or most importantly for us, a good sound. Yeah. Had to have a good sound. What's the point otherwise, right? Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. It does sound amazing, actually. Mm -hmm. So that, um, is that going to happen hopefully a little bit more frequently now? Listen, I think only if... We'd, I don't know. We'd have to raise somebody somehow. Gotcha. And also, 
you know, it depends on how long this goes. Like right. if this is, if we're still sitting here like April and this is like, we'd have to do something else. Yeah, we just yeah. couldn't sit down that long. Right? But you'll still continue to do the rehearsals. Well, yeah, we'll do the recording. We're so. going to work on the hymns recording. Okay, that's right. for sure. And we'll keep, just keep checking along at that. And that's probably, for us, it's more important to put the money into than just a one-off, right? right. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the video's done. It's circulating, right? Yeah, yeah, it's done its yeah. job that way. But I think we'll keep putting money into that. We... It will have to keep watching the health restrictions to see when we can be together. Um, there are small groups of us that can go in to lay like a small ensemble, you know, socially distanced in the studio, yeah. okay. right? Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't, it's not a choir sound. It's just, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just a good sound. You know what I mean? Yep. So the best that's for is to give to the choir members to hear so they have a something to sing to or over top of. Right, sure. so that's mm-hmm. that's that that's probably how we'll, we'll if this goes on and on and on, and we can't get the choir in, then that's probably the way we'll have to do it. And they can do that remotely; they can lay remotely their vocals on, right? Right. But it's it's all a gamble, and it's all a little bit weird. But yeah, just learning, figuring it out. Right yeah, now, right? yeah, it's yeah. But you know what? We I'm I myself, who I'm not a techie, I'm learning a ton yeah. of things. <laughs> so <laughs> I think everyone's had to kind of dive deep into technology to kind of pivot. Because if without technology during this time, it would be really wouldn't it be really something? Tough, yeah. yeah, imagine yeah. this ten years ago. I know. I, I said it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. This is the best time for yeah. quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Worse. yes, that's we absolutely up. right. Absolutely when we were going right. up. This would have been disastrous. Yeah, we'd do a lot of fishing and basketball, <laughs> and other things. That's, true. <laughs> that's very, very Trying true. Very true. Um, so you're working on this hymns project. I don't remember. Is this your first hymns type of project? <gasps> It's not the first time we put a hymn arrangement on, but it's okay. the first time we would have done a theme like a of hymns. Yeah. How many albums have you done? This will be 14. 14? Oh, wow. oh, so a little yes. more than I... Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and of course, I'll put the plug in that we did win the Juno Award and we did have a no- Juno nomination. Yeah. Yes, as well. Right. So, so that's, yeah. that's always good, a good stamp uh, from your peers. Oh, right? Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you... But that's not why we do it, obviously. But it's a nice pat on the back. For sure. <laughs> and, um what part of the, what what do you enjoy more, the recording or live? Oh, that's I probably easy. know the answer, but yeah. just want to. I uh, I down. do not enjoy the recording process at all. Okay. <laughs> at all, Mm-mm. it's okay. very difficult for me in a room with fifty singers trying to keep them motivated and the energy up over that whole t- period of time. Right. right. Yeah. I can imagine. It's a lot of work. My husband, fortunately, loves the recording process. Okay, the balance. <laughs> he loves it, so he'll come to me. Well. Got an idea for a new theme. I'm like, no. But you know what? It's it's really important. I mean, if you're going to be out there, you have to have something going. You can't just tour. You've got to have something out there. You can leave, whatever it is, radio, whatever. So I recognize it and I do it for the good of the ministry. But oh my goodness, live would be my think. Right. Touring must be interesting too with all of those people. (laughs) Yes. In fact, we were supposed to be in Cuba in July, and that, of course, got canceled. Um, When we traveled, the last time we traveled was to Hamilton, Halifax. We Mm. took 53 singers. Wow. 53. Poor tour manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no. Booking all the yeah, flights I know. for Listen, terrible. it's it's a big thing. And, and we don't have no outside company. This is us, right. right? This is us. We've been to Europe several times too. Where in Europe? We've been to Romania, to Poland, to Italy, to Hungary, to... Did I say Romania? Hungary? Yeah. 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 I think that was... More, 
I think that's most on one tour. Or these no, are no, 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 no. Several. We've done about wow, ten or twelve tours overseas. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what's the one that stands out to you the most, and why? I think the one, the tour we did in two thousand and. 12, I think, was when we went to three countries. We went to Romania, to Poland, and to Hungary. And I think that was 2008. Anyway, one of those times. And the reason why it stands out is uh, how hungry they were for the music. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know how much you know about Romania. Um, And I I told this story to, to Robbie Botosh. Some of you would know who he is. And... He is from Romania, um, and he, the, the, the Roma people, the peop, the, they're called gypsies, the slang is gypsies, but the mm-hmm. Roma people, very ost- much ostracized. They're, they are kind of relegated to the outside. Of city. People don't mix with them. You know, they're kind of like, and this, the kids are often taught to just do whatever they needed to do in order to survive. So they're, sometimes they're in, they're in, they're stealing or they're oh, whatever or, right. or worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People that don't go to, to, to Europe much, there's like people that are opening like, uh, gypsies. Like it's, it's very, it's a, thing. it's a big part of all of European culture. It's so weird. It's a yeah. big thing. But yeah. they, but here's the thing. So one of the things we had on our tour was to go to a, a Roma orphanage and spend a couple of days with these kids. Right. And they're, the one th- this culture is so musical. I mean, wow. So we went one day and we taught the kids, and there was probably, I don't know, 100 kids. We taught them some TMC music. Mm-hmm. The next day, we're making our way up the stairs, and you hear the kids. They're singing the stuff we taught them wow. the day before. Wow. I was, we couldn't believe it. It was like <laughs> bang on, right? Wow. So we had a concert. Uh, and when we go on tours, we raise all of the money to take ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, donations of people, and we personally raise money, and we raise enough money on that tour to also uh, lease, rent our our halls, our performance halls as well. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes, and so the, this particular concert, I remember these kids. They walked from the outskirts of town, maybe two, three miles, to come into. The, 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 and they came right up to the stage, wow. and they're just hanging out. And they would never have done that. They would have because they were not welcome most places. Right. But it's like we know those guys. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, so right. they came right in, and they were hanging out right at the front of the stage. Wow. And in that particular venue, we were singing in English. People out there singing in their own language. You know, and and we're it was just this beautiful kind of heavenly sound. Wow. So that's that's probably the most point one of the one of the most poignant members I have is just seeing how those kids were impacted and how everybody was just involved engaged and people were like literally packed into doorways and like you couldn't find a seat. It was just like every corner of the place was taken, wow. you know. So that's what I I loved about seeing the hunger. And then you come back to Canada and people are sitting show me what you got. So kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's stush and yeah. and like oh, they they got they have access to so much stuff. They don't. It's like okay, next. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean yeah. that's yeah. not all the places, but you know what I mean. Sometimes you get that sense. Yeah. But yeah. man, yeah. a lot. Of, that's one of the reasons why we love going because there is this hunger for great gospel music, and for a lot of people, it's the first time they're hearing it. Right. So it's good. That's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. And just to be from another country, yeah, speak another language, and still find that universal medium to kind of all Absolutely. And of course, our choir is not all black. Right, yeah. So it's even just the look of it. Yeah, yeah. 
for a lot of places we go, it's like, whoa. Oh, you guys those, mix? Those, yeah, those guys are together. <laughs> oh, like, they're you, doing their thing. You think in Europe, coming in uh, with, a, with, a, with mixed members in the group is more unusual and interesting to, to people in Eastern Europe than if it was uh, all black singers? Uh, yes, in certain really? places, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and so um, yeah, I, yeah I think just um, the fact that we are, because almost every country we went to, there's probably somebody in our choir who's from it, if right. you know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. so we can make those connections as well. Yeah. And yeah. often when we go, we would also translate our music, translate or mm-hmm. transcribe whatever, our language. So we would mm-hmm. do a song and then maybe the, maybe the, the chorus we would translate into Polish oh, or, wow. to, or to Romania, Romanian. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To in order to to be able to sing something, and that was so cool because you'd be singing your songs, blah, 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 and then you'd hit the their language, yeah. and people would go, boom. Yeah, yeah. It's like wow, that you know what incredible. I mean? Yeah. That's always great just to see them like get so excited. They're actually singing our. Do you have something for us in Romanian right now? Oh Lord, no! That was <laughs> that was so long ago. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. I love how you light up when you talk about these stories. And yeah. Basically everything to do with the choir and music. Is oh, incredible. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and I'll just put it as an aside that I've been to Poland six times. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, once with the, twice with the choir uh, and once and all the rest of the times as a clinician. Mm. And they love gospel music in Poland. Oh, my word. Wow. Yeah. So, and when I go there, I'm working with choirs of 400, 500 people at a time, 600 that people That are from time, there, That right? are from there. Wow. You know, Canada, you have a, you know, you have a workshop, you know, you might get 50, 100 people. Yeah. There, there's hundreds and hundreds. They just run. Gospel music, whoosh. Wow. So, um, so that's cool. And I think a lot of people around the world think if you don't go to the States, you're not doing anything. Right. But we've yeah. long time out figured out that the world is our audience it's not just one country right. and uh and they they love it so much and appreciate it so much so i we've enjoyed those times so that's why yeah. i light up that's incredible americans definitely do get a different type of recognition probably in all genres of music but i saw a picture of you with yolanda adams <laughs> bobby jones <laughs> oh, and that some was other good. great names yeah you didn't look like you were out of place or you were just in there for the no but i was i was pinching myself the whole time I, just, <laughs> I spent a week well was it a week for well, four days and there was, I was invited um, to a very, it was an invitation-only conference with B. Michael McKay. And there was only 75 of us. Mm-hmm. And I was only one of two Canadians. Everybody else was American. Wow. wow. And so being there, I mean, at one point I had Patrick Henderson sitting on one side and Bobby Jones sitting on the other side. And I was just sitting there going, have I in an alternate reality right yeah. now? Like. This is, these are people I just have heard about, right? And they're talking to me, hey, Karen, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is cool. You belong there. That, that says something. That says a lot. Actually. But it was tremendous time. Oh, my wow. father was wonderful. So we're still very close. That time was very close for, for, uh, for bonding for all of us. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it was, I, yeah, still puts a big smile on my face. Yeah, for sure. I imagine so. <laughs> wow, you do so much for so many people. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Power Up conference that you do. Yes. That's a part of teaching. You've kind of, well, I'll let you explain it, but it seems like you've kind of meshed gospel music with just music and musicianship and learning. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be and exactly what you do there? Yeah, for several years, I'd say about 25 years now, I would get I get invited to, to go to present gospel choir in workshops wherever right yeah. and i was telling my my uh 
team, you know, people actually like pay me to come and <laughs> and teach them gospel music. Do you think we could maybe get people to come and pay us? Yeah. You know, like come and come. I said, let's try it. So in 2005, yeah. we did the first one and people actually came. And until the choir saw it, because they didn't understand what I was talking about, they didn't understand what I was, the concept of a workshop. You know, mm-hmm. and so once they saw that people enjoyed it, then we just kept doing it, and so we just had the sixteenth annual. So we've done it for sixteen years now, nice. and the, the the idea of anybody doesn't have to be Christians, doesn't have to even be musicians. It's just anybody who loves gospel music can come to this conference and can take classes uh, in in like there's only tw- over twenty twenty five workshops that are offered. They can come, they can learn about it, they can um, learn about it from people who are experts in what they do, and then they actually get a chance to perform. So they can choose workshops, they can take these workshops, but they can also um, join in this choir, big choir, which I teach over the weekend, and I'll teach them about four or five songs through the weekend. And then at at the very last thing we do is we come together in a huge mass choir concert. And uh, usually we have a choir of about 150 and uh, it is, it's always oof, off the chain. Um, and people, what I love is the people who aren't, and that's most Canadians, n- no experience with gospel music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that just are just like blown away and they come and they're like, oh, this was the best thing I ever did. And oh. <laughs> you know, so, and, and young and old, doesn't matter, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and all types of different people. I mean, every kind of person you can think of comes to this conference. And so we, we are going to go online with it this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's always held in February. And about 10 years ago, I went to my uh, chair of my, the music department at York, and I said, I asked them if we could have the conference at York. Mm-hmm. And that was, they said yes. And so that was a turning point because now we didn't have to be just in a church where right. there's minimal space mm-hmm. and we could start offering instrumental classes, which you can't do in a your small venue, True, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a, a keyboard lab there. They have, a, you know, a grand piano in every room. And yeah. so so it, it just took on a whole new life. Yeah. And we're able to have more people. And um, and then instead of us teaching the workshops, we have, you know, invite we invite all these people to come. So it's become quite a thing. Yeah. It's, our, yeah. it's yeah. our gift to the world. And we're going to do it this year online not it will be obviously like everything else it won't look the same but it will give us the opportunity to do some things that we couldn't do because we're going to be online right right? so i'm looking forward to to the challenge um as we all are have to pivot and adjust and you said anyone can sign up for anybody and what's the uh website i mean we'll shout it out yeah sure it's it's powerupgospel.ca okay and it, I think some of the information from 2020 might still be up there so people can kind of see what it is. Okay. And of course, there's, in 2015, we did a live recording. And, um, and so that album came out and, and there's video of that up there as well. Awesome. Check it out. For mm-hmm. sure. I had asked you a question earlier about what you love, like what's your favorite thing about conducting? What do you hate the most about conducting a large <laughs> choir? What do I hate the most? Just in general, what do you hate the most? Like <laughs> touring, recording, yeah. people. Well, um, food, recording is board. tough. Yeah. Recording is tough, but I love people, right? So I like meeting people and I love, you know, hanging out with them. So that's not it. Sometimes, you know, just like everything else, if you have a big group, 
of people, you know, there's going to be sometimes a little drama, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, you you know, if you're mature and you, you know what you're there about, you can always find a way to work those things through. Just keep redirecting people back to the big picture mm-hmm. and and figuring out and knowing your, 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 who your coursers are. You know, there'll be those people that are, they'll be fine. They're very even keeled and nothing phases them. Mm-hmm. There'll be the some people, though, that, hey, if you don't say hi to them, oh, it's major disrespect. So I have to make sure I just touch them on the shoulder when I walk by. Recognize it. You know, yeah. some people, they, people need different things. Sure. So you just have to be aware and just go with the flow. And, and people are, people could listen. People could do whatever they wanted to do. So the fact that they're giving yeah. up their Seinfeld or whatever and coming <laughs> to hang out with you, you know, and rehearse and tour, yeah. it's amazing, right? So you got to give them their props and all the, all of the love and, and respect that they're, that they're owed. And when you do that, you know, people, people thrive. So I, I don't really, it's a lot of work. It yeah. is a lot of work. I have to say that. So at this point in my life, I am very interested in getting more help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am committed to getting more help. You know, um, my husband and I, would, as I said, we've been doing this for 32 years. So uh, we do won't be doing it for in, 40. Do you envision an end? Like do you have an end in sight right now? I, listen, I never even <clears throat> visioned the beginning of this. Right. So sure, I can't sure, even right. vision the end. But I do know there is a, a need for it. Yes. There is there's hardly any place in this country that you can go and have an experience um, in a gospel choir unless you actually go to that church or you whatever right, right. Um, very few and so I, and I think yeah there's definitely a need for it um, I'm about now training people mentoring people to make sure that this is is continues. this is needed it continues mm-hmm. yeah. and they say too when you set up a, for example a charitable organization this should not be set up for you right this is mm-hmm. set up to last yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you 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 have to to session plan mm-hmm. sure. you have to have that in mind but you know what we're very we have a hands open with it if the lord wants it to end tomorrow i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm okay with that right. but if he, and if he wants us to continue i'm okay with that um we 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 recognize that just you know time and strength and all of that will will have its inevitable end so we'll see which which one comes first right the successor or by strength right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> and prof- and uh, as a professor do you see yourself continuing that oh yes yeah? and you see this mm. is the wonderful thing right i mean if it wasn't for my parents you know the gospel thing we did when we were coming up my grandmother my husband Toronto Mass Choir, I wouldn't be teaching at the university. Yeah, because you wanted to avoid it, you said, when your parents were teachers. <laughs> yeah. You said, no thanks. Not um, and even that, teaching at the high school, I taught at high school for 12 years, all of that, all of that came to be important and, you know, sequential to me being at the university. And arriving at the university in 2006, I mean, I feel like I would just, I start your life over again, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've only been there now, this is my 16th year, so I... I feel like I've just, I still have so many ideas, mm-hmm. things I want to do. So, I mean, I could, you know, it's not, teaching at a university is not as hard as teaching at high school. Right. <laughs> so I would need to retire anytime soon. I'm not really, I'm only teaching like, you know, a couple of days a week, right? right. So yeah, yeah. it's not like you have to, but um, I definitely want to, I feel like my opportunity now is to occupy till they come kind of thing, you know? I'm the first one of my kind in, when I started teaching gospel music, that was the first time a post-secondary institution did that in Canada. So wow. I don't want it to be the last. Yeah. You know Are there I mean? more now? 
There is, there is. Humber College started a gospel choir program, yeah. gospel choir course, uh, seven years ago. Okay. Okay. And they looked at what I was doing, and then they said, "Okay." And so I was very pleased because what that meant is that I, it's not an anomaly what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So it can, it's possible someplace else, and and Brad is white, but I tell you something, that man is really good at what he does. Yeah. Wow. He this he would go to GMWA for like three, four, five summers in a row. And he'd be the only white person out of 4,000 people. But wow. he would learn and learn and learn and learn and come back and I could see the growth. He was so good at it. Wow. So I'm just pleased he took it seriously. He's not trying to like happy clappy, okay, happy let's clappy. sing like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's really like learning the real stuff, how to teach it. He writes out stuff. He works with musicians. I mean, he's really good. So I, I love the fact that he's doing that there. And there have been interests like at McGill, uh, there's been interest at uh, Brock. Right. So it's bubbling. It's yeah, it's percolating. But yeah, yeah. what we need is more people. More. If you, if you if you think that you're a gospel, you love gospel music, and you're a musician, mm-hmm. then you need to go and study it. You know, not it, but study music. Get mm. a degree. Get a postgraduate degree, and get you into an academic institution. Right. Because if you're not ready when the door opens. They're gonna just fill it with somebody else who's gonna make it into a glee club. Right. Very right? different. Very so true. I I I'm so happy about people like Darren Hamilton, who was one of my first students at York when I got there, and and has is doing his doctorate at UFT right now in gospel music education. Wow. And I I'm so excited about people who are stepping in and taking this thing seriously and, and taking it up. So I've seen some more people, you know, going going for the gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, right now I just feel like I'm going to occupy until they're ready. When they when they're ready, they, then I will let go ahead. That's great. That's great. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The challenge has been put out there. So. Absolutely, absolutely. I have to I have to ask you a question. Um, if you can't answer, we'll cut it. <laughs> I'm just joking. But you've worked with so many talented people over the years, mm-hmm. going back to 1988. Who are some that stand out the most to you? Are there any that kind of just come to the forefront? Oh, of course. I mean, my my favorite alto soloist mm-hmm. in Toronto is Nicole Sinclair Anderson. Mm-hmm. And she graduated from Humber here. And actually when, when Brad was on sabbatical from Humber, she took over the gospel choir for one year. Mm-hmm. I have never heard a bad note come out of that woman's voice. She She's... An amazing vocalist. She's wow. really, really good. Wow. So I love, and, and on a lot of our TMC albums, you know, you can hear her voice. She was part of us for quite a long time. And we yeah. still invite her back, to, you know, to guest solo. So I really love her. Um, and Karoy Williams is also somebody who came through uh, the ranks. He sang with us for about, I don't know, I'll say 10, 12 years. And he told me, which I, d- I didn't believe, that he had never ad-libbed until he came into TMC. Really? He said, I, did, I didn't start doing it until you asked me to. Wow. And, and he's a beast. Mm. He's so good. He is. He right, is. yeah. yeah and so he know. joined us when he was 19, right? Wow. Um, Patricia Shirley is also somebody. She, she joined us when she was 13. And, oh, wow, 13. And uh, she's phenomenal. She's really, really good. She represents well, um, not just as a singer, but she's a you know she's a quality person, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that means that means more to me, by the way. Um, and we've had some fabulous musicians. Oh my goodness, Name we've been some of so those, blessed. Please. Like man, I mean, like Roy Uman, he's he's gone down to the states now. Um, of course, Corey Butler and uh, pff, wow, 
Then Buggy played drums for us for years, and um, Le- Len- Lenton Williams, Courtney's brother, played guitar for us for Christ, years. Okay, yeah. um, and right now, ooh, my, we have what we call our family of musicians. So it's yeah. not just the five guys, although they're a great core, but we have other people that, well, if those guys can't make it, then they step in. So Mark Manhurts plays bass for us. Um, oh, golly. Uh, Chiron plays drums. Chiron Haynes plays yeah, drums for yeah. us. Um, Guitar players, uh, Johnny Nixon. Oh, I love Johnny, and he's got a new album coming out, by the way. Oh, I'll this check week, that out. August twenty eighth. Mm. Um, really good musicians. So, I, what I like about it is that our musicians don't just come in and out. Mm. You know, they 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 they're there. They and they stick around. And I and I and Oswald and I have always had a very uh, soft spot for musicians. We always want them to to have an, an environment where they can learn and be. Like iron sharpens iron, so we always want the best sure. to, to come in, right? Make that environment where they're, you know, they yeah, can yeah. they have a benefit for being there, and we can we because of the nature of the choir, we're not just in church. In fact, most of the stuff we do is not in church, so they get a chance to go to all these different places in different countries where they might not have, never have gone right. if they weren't working with us. Mm-hmm. So and you know doing things at like Kerner Hall and you know. City Hall and different places. Yeah. So, though, and and being in front of diverse audiences and audiences of different types, so that helps you to grow as a musician as well, right? Yeah, and true, and also sure. collaborations with people like Ben Hepner and the Toronto Jazz Orchestra, and you know, I don't all great opportunity, Michael W. Smith, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, that excites me, and I and um, can I just say their names? Absolutely. So the Please. guys that were on the on the uh, the virtual choir video that we did. This oh, yeah. is, they are our core musicians right now. Yeah. Um, and so Johnny Nixon on guitar and um, Daniel Cowens on, on Hammond organ. Shout out yeah. to Daniel. Yeah. And, uh, and JT, JT, JT <laughs> Kim on bass. Yes, and um, drums is, is uh, Keem and Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And Corey Butler, he was our MD. Uh, and then Daniel has taken over for him because Corey opened his own music studio. He passed it on. Right. And yeah, so he yeah. still comes and plays to us, not all the time, some of the time, yeah. but he's, he's part of those, those musicians on that video. But these guys are, are top notch. Like they, they, what I like about them is they're very flexible. Some people can only play one style. True. But yeah. if you're with us, you have to be able to do all styles, right? And so they're good at it. They're nice people to work with. Important. They come on time, Anthony. Very they important. come on time. But yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they're and they're you know men of God. Like they they're serious about about that, and so that's that's what works. That's what works best for us, for sure. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people listening that don't have a choir where they live, or maybe uh, their work schedule won't allow any resources for people to to work on their singing on their own, or work on their music education on their own? You know, there's a, there are several, I mean, I don't know what in these days, obviously in this day and age, but there usually are several conferences, workshops and things that you can always go to. There is a plethora of things online. You know, my friend O'Neill Donald, who graduated from York, he has an online vocal YouTube things he does all the time. There's a lot of things. Paul McKay has them as well. So I think more than ever, there are ways to access things that will help you vocally improve. Um, and if you... And I mean, choirs abound. Again, there's not a lot of gospel choirs necessarily, but there are community choirs. And I think 
if you could just get involved singing with people, it just helps you be a better singer in general, you know? Choir people are a different brand, you know? There's people who are choir people and there's people who like to sing solo, right? And they usually don't mix too good, right? Right. Right? And so if you're a person who just likes to sing and loves to make music with people, then just about any choir with a great great conductor who has um, empathy and vision um, will give you a good experience. It doesn't really even matter the style, you know? Just just get in there and mix it up. And then you'll learn things. And hey, if you want to go start your own group, knock yourself out. So (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Over the years, what do you think has changed the most about gospel music? I mean, since 88, I know some of the music I was listening to when I was a young child at church through the choir to what we hear now. What do you think has, one, let you stay relevant since 88? I I think I know the answer, but I'd love for you to share it. But two, what, um, what have you noticed as far as the change in gospel music? Well, I think it's a big question only because we have to consider too where we are. Right. Like there's the states as a whole. That's a whole another, another conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. So let's just stay talking about for Canada sure. for a minute. Because yeah. um, when when my husband and I got married uh, 37 years ago, mm. um, we we had a group called Sweet Sound. We started it the week after we got married. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> our first album in '87 was one of the very, very few gospel albums that was produced in Canada. Mm. And you couldn't buy gospel music in Toronto. You couldn't, there was hardly any gospel concerts. It might be, Shirley Caesar might come once. You know what I mean? So it was a very vacant landscape, right? Mm. So that has changed a ton. Where there might be one live recording every couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you can have three in a weekend. Right. True. So mm-hmm. that's definitely changed. The 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 generations have changed. So now our our kids are the 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 grown ups, if you will. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they are having kids. Yeah. So they're starting to get into positions of power, mm-hmm. positions of like education and influence, yeah. which is helping to shift what's happening in the scene. We, mm-hmm. have, we do have more people who are producing music and writing music and, and doing groups. I just, seen, I just saw another video the other day by some former students of mine from York, mm-hmm. um, Intercession, and they did a new video. And I saw it and I was like, wow, Adam Favors is Honey Bear production or whatever. Man, the quality was great. I was mm. like, man, this is good. This would <laughs> yeah. never have happened, you know. Yeah, so they're yeah. way more, they're more talented, more tech stuff. Without, you know, they can do all this, these things. It puts us to shame in a way, but we were the pioneers. So what, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we think about, I think about people like, like Larnell, for example, who, I mean, we used to play with his dad. Right. Right. And the, and, Otis Williams, we used to play with his dad. His dad, Oral, he was, used to play with our group. And also Otis's dad, uh, Fitz, used to play with our group, guitar. This was way back. Yeah, yeah. So, and these guys were running around their diapers. So right. to see them now doing what they're doing and being so respected in the industry, yeah. and not just, you know, by church folk, but like everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. This is a good thing, right? And, and they're taking their craft seriously. Um, and they're still not just be like for their talent, but people actually respect them as good people to work with. Right. So I like to see, I like to see this progression of, and I think it's a, it's important for us to make sure that we don't stay cocoon. And this is the thing that I want to say. 
I, in, if we're going to, in Canada, if we're going to stay, continue to stay relevant, you can't stay in your own circle. Right. You've mm-hmm. got to get outside of your mm-hmm. circle. Yeah. You have you, to be inclusive. You, yes, you, yeah. can't, you can't just say, I'm going to go to this concert and play this concert, this concert, and, and wait for somebody to call you up to sing in this church and this exactly. church. No. True. You have to make, get yourself ready to be out there. And so it's one of the reasons I started the Orange Network. This is a network of, of uh, about 200 people that I know personally who are educators or musicians or whatever, gospel artists, songwriters. And because I, I needed something to, to be able to get to know who people were right, yeah. and could see how, you know, be, get a relationship happening that we get to know each other so that when somebody calls and says, we need a group to go to do X, Y, Z, I can actually recommend somebody. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to recommend people who don't show up on time, Anthony, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or they don't have their stuff together. You True. know, they ask for a bio and they don't, ah, uh, okay. They have to write it up. Hello, yeah, yeah, be yeah. ready. Right. The man's calling. Right? right, so get your, get yourself together, and then be professional, mm-hmm. um, and and learn your craft well. You don't have to um, you don't have to compromise to be recognized, mm-hmm. yeah. but you do have to be ready to be excellent when you're called upon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I love the I love that trend that people are. It looks like they're starting to get themselves together. They're doing you know there's more activity. Um, it's still a little bit to me needs to be more attention to what is the main thing. A lot of people are Focus. still, they want to be this award and this award and that award and this, this. I'm like, hello, get your eyes down. This is where the people are right here, mm-hmm. right? If we keep grabbing at this and grabbing at that, what they used to say, you're, you're so highly minded, you know, earthly good, right? So mm-hmm. you need to make sure you're grounded and learn your craft. Be nice, be, be respectful. Nice. Yeah. Did I say be on time? Be yes. On time. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, and then you'll be treated well. You can actually move from step to step. So as we take up those things, I think there's a really good potential for our industry here to keep growing. It has grown exponentially in 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, if we, you know, take care of business, we have to... Um, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, I was so glad that they were in, involved with their local church because so many people abandon that mm-hmm. um, in, in pursuit of other things. Right. And they mm-hmm. still want to be called the gospel artist. And I'm like, you know, you, 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 you need to stay connected. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be the prime worship leader. Right. But you, you do need to be connected for the accountability, for mm-hmm. the, the nurturing. And, um, and, and mentorship as well. Yeah, right. Because who's going to learn, who's going to teach these guys coming up if you're just, Gone, about yourself. Right? Yeah. 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 So I think that's also very important, your prayer life and making sure that you're staying centered um, and then making sure that you have that support um, and, and, and build a reputation that, that everybody, like they like being with you. When you come into a place like a Larnell, you elevate the people around you. They right. want to be with you because everybody's playing gets better. Yeah. That's important. That's it's really, really big. important. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Wow, thanks so much. You have given us an incredible journey, a lot of great music, and today it was great chatting with you, just getting some of your inspiration, and I hope everybody is truly blessed by that. Um, before we let you go, can you just tell people how to find you online? Well, I've gotten myself on social media now, haven't I? <laughs> well, there you are. So <laughs> I am on Twitter. Okay. Ooh, what's that? Uh, at Karen B. Gospel. Okay. Okay. I am on Facebook. I spend a lot of time on Facebook, actually. <laughs> okay, Facebook first. And I am on Instagram. Wait, wait, wait. What's your Facebook handle? Um, 
Good just question. look up Karen Burke. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up on my Facebook. Okay. Look up Karen Burke on Facebook. Yeah, okay. Karen Burke. You'll see me. I'm, right. I'm doing my thing there. Ooh, you can't you can't miss me. Okay. And um and I'm I'm not as much on Instagram, but and the the choir is on Instagram. We have a great social media manager, and so she's she's keeping us up on there. I used to think I had to do everything. She said, "No, just get you one thing and let me take care of the rest." I said, "Good. Facebook is my thing." Yeah, so yeah. I'm on there constantly. Okay. So what's the Instagram? Handle. Um, I think it's care to be gospel as well, if I'm not mistaken. But I'd have to look at my signature on my email. You don't, you don't. You, it's like how you don't phone yourself. You yeah. forget your phone number. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I'd have to look it up. But no um, we'll share it with yeah, everybody. Yeah, thank you. And of course, you know the the Toronto Mass Choir has its own all their their handles, but also their own website. So you can always find me through the. Um, tmc.ca you know it's interesting we cut that handle before the Toronto Mendelssohn Choir did mm. so we are TMC you are the real TMC <laughs> and you're also the gospel prof on Instagram just there we go that's right I forgot about that and and it's so and it's thinking there's not many gospel profs around so everybody will know who I am right the one um, <laughs> yeah and I I love the um I love my work at York because it gives me the opportunities to stay relevant mm-hmm. with these young people that are Phenomenal! I, I, I'm going to miss that the most about this year is the performances. Right. We always have. I always have 80 to 100 students every year in the gospel choir course, and they're phenomenal. There's so much energy and, and then I also teach a course called the History of Gospel Music, which I absolutely love. It's a third year studies course, and I'll be teaching that online as well this year. Plus, I also teach education courses at York, so a lot of online teaching. Uh, hopefully get back, to, back to normal soon <laughs> thanks again so much we really really appreciate you coming in well thank you for the invitation I really appreciate it yeah, hope thank you come you, back someday you. sure see you next time bye As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.